Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Calon FM. Welcome to the business community on Callan FM with me, Tracy Jones. And this week, sadly, my partner in crime, Heather Noble, is not in the studio, but I'm pleased to say I'm joined by a guest. And my guest today is David Roberts from the Alternative Board. Hello, David. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. And uh, this is your first time in the studio, so uh, I'll, I'll play nicely go, with go you. Go carefully <laughs> with me, please. And uh, we asked you to, to come up with some of the subjects that we were going to talk about today and the topical discussion we're going to have is as prompted really by your own, the nature of your own business and its peer-to-peer support. So I think a good place to start would be for you to tell us a little bit about your business which is called the Alternative Board. That's right yes so so the Alternative Board um, or, or TAB to give it its uh, acronym uh, it's been around for quite a while now it's about 30 years old uh, it was started in the in the USA um, and over that time has supported many thousands of, of businesses. Um, TAB's been operating in in the UK for just coming up to 10 years and uh, it's a franchise set up I own uh, the North Wales region and uh, there's about 40 of us around the UK offering our services to primarily business owners. Okay so the topic is peer-to-peer support Mm. what does the alternative board do um, in in order to offer this peer-to-peer support? Well our main offering is that we put together small groups of of generally business owners uh, into what look like uh, boards of directors or peer advisory boards Um, and I think the starting point here as a business owner and there'll be I'm sure many listening to this show you know it can be pretty lonely at times um, until you get to a certain size and scale you you probably haven't even got a decent management team around you uh, let alone a luxury like a non-exec director um, in order to to get get advice and input on on issues that you're facing so the beauty of putting groups of business owners together is um, that we, we facilitate monthly meetings uh, where the aim is to help the participants overcome challenges and maximise opportunities that they're, they're each facing. Uh, and the beauty is, of course, that no one's trying to sell anyone anything. You know, everyone's there to try and offer their best experience and advice to each other. And my job as the, as, the, as the chair, if you like, or facilitator of the meeting is to draw that experience out. So the idea isn't that you're the expert of the meeting telling everybody how to run their business. You, you're actually helping the other businesses to help each other. That's right. That's right. I mean, I'd, I'd hope I've got a fair amount to, to add as well. I've been in business myself for 25 years. Um, so, so I hope I can very much contribute. Um, it's worth saying that part of the tab offering is, is alongside the participation in our uh, monthly peer board is that I provide a one-to-one uh, executive coaching uh, service alongside that. So I do work directly with each of my my board members in that way as well. So you, you talked about another alternative idea for peer-to-peer support, sort of like a, a non-exec director <coughs> board, which people might be familiar with. And I think it's often associated with big companies. Mm. Having a board of people that you can call on for support and to be your critical friend mm. We often think it's out of your league, don't mm. you? So mm. um, mastermind groups are another sort of similar idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, I'm a fan of, of peer support in whatever form it takes. Um, I'm, I'm not just here to, you know, sell the idea of TAB per se. There's, there's, I think it's a very valuable way for business owners and, and leaders um, to gain support. And, and, you know, there are things, there's mastermind groups. Um, if you were to go on uh, one of the local training courses, say ION or 2020, you'd be in encouraged as a cohort of students to stick together beyond yeah. the confine of the classroom and, and in a way that's a, a form of informal peer support isn't it um, 
And I suppose there's, there's tremendous benefits to be had in my mind by putting some structure and some regularity around that. So one of the concerns that people might have about going and sharing intimate details of their business with a group of other people is obviously confidentiality or mm. what mm. if they steal my idea or what mm. if they tell somebody else so how do you manage that so the first thing to say is that the, the composition of the boards inevitably you know we, we have a range of businesses uh, we never have businesses that are competing clearly as, as part of the same board um, confidentiality is really really key uh, and uh, you know I'm quite picky about who comes on the board and of course one of the the tests in a way that, that, that I'm hoping people pass in my mind is you know would this individual be be trustworthy because you, you know it, it all works on give and take doesn't it and um, so confidentiality is absolutely key um, participants do sign an NDA um, but at the end of the day that's text on a piece of paper it's, it's really as good as the yeah, person it's, it's really it. really important that when particularly when we establish a new group and in fact we've got a new group starting next week um, we'll inevitably have a bit of a conversation about, you know, the ground rules. How do we want this to work? And of course, you know, everyone being in the same place as far as confidentiality is concerned is absolutely fundamental. So how often would um, you, you get support? Would, would it be ongoing through the month if you needed it? Say you had a crisis, could you call an emergency board meeting or is it <laughs> well, set times? Um, so, the, so the board meetings themselves, they happen on a monthly basis. So we've usually got them scheduled you know, several months in advance. Um, I, of course, as, as I said earlier, part of my offering is I provide a one-to-one coaching service alongside that. So I see my clients at least twice a month. Um, and that said, beyond that, you know, I like to feel that... I'm always available. It's just a personal style. So, um, you know, people have my number if there's a particular crisis going on um, and they just need a bit of support and someone to, to chat that through with. You know, we may be a couple of weeks away from the next board meeting. You know, I always like to feel that I'm available. Okay. So, would you say that any size business, from owner managed <coughs> business through to, um, you know, a, a larger um, global company, they can all benefit from peer to peer support? I, I think so, yeah. I, I think when I started my tab business in here in North Wales, um, I, I chose to start with relatively small businesses. So businesses in the sort of half a million to two million turnover. And the reason for that was that uh, I could see lots of, of similarities. Often owner founder run, um, and, and often that owner is literally on their own. Okay. Um, that said, the tab model absolutely works for any size business. And in fact, the, the play on the words, the alternative board, gives a suggestion to that. So it even works for large organisations that have their own boards. And I've operated at, at board level myself in the past. And, and you know, as a, 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 you know, a CEO of a large corporation, can't necessarily talk about all the things that they want to talk about at a board meeting, particularly if majority shareholders, for instance, around the table, it's often about managing the shareholders. Yeah. So even in those scenarios, a, a CEO, MD of a large business, could definitely find benefit from participating in an alternative environment uh, yeah. of other fellow business owners. Yes, yeah, sometimes you just want to bounce ideas off people Absolutely. or to yeah. confirm y your own thoughts as you mm. know, a leader of a board or well, a member of a board. That, that's a very good point about confirming. You know, the way that the board meetings work, and it's, it's important to stress that it's not sort of a you know, pitch up and have a chat for a few hours. Yeah. There's a structure and approach. It's not just and tea it's, and it's, <laughs> it's Yeah, sometimes. Um, <laughs> there's, um, you know, it's, it's definitely issue issue driven and um, but of course a lot of business owners will turn up to a board meeting with a topic or issue on their mind that instinctively they have an idea what they'd like to do about yeah. that okay and, and so it's often about sharing those thoughts and getting validation from people they trust that they're on the right path 
presumably one of the keys to your facilitation is is actually allowing people enough time. So how long is mm. a typical board meeting? So somewhere t- between three, three and a half hours and typically. And everybody yeah. gets an opportunity. Absolutely. That's really fundamental to us. So there are other peer advisory groups that might work with, with larger groups. And, and um, we tend to keep our boards to about six, seven people maximum. And I find that's a good balance between you know, diversity of input, okay, with plenty of plenty of input to draw on, but it allows, in the time available, everyone to have an opportunity to share a topic or issue um, that they're facing. And so, yes, part of the facilitation skill is to make sure that everyone gets yeah. a slice of the time. So I can imagine spe- with a, a particularly meaty subject, you could spend a couple of hours just on one thing. You could. And, and clearly, we, we don't want to do that. We want to try and you know work through issues, but ensure that everyone you know, literally has a slice of the time uh, available to us on that particular occasion. Now, the events section. I'm just looking at the pages for Business Line on wrexham.gov.uk and I've spotted an event that's taking place tomorrow, so you'll have to be quick if you're interested. There's not much information on the website um, about it, but it's called Writing a Consultancy Agreement and it's an event for consultants. It's run by Business Wales, as far as I can see, and it's at Wrexham Enterprise Hub tomorrow, 9.30 to 12.30. And there is a link on wrexham.gov.uk forward slash business hyphen events. There's a link to an Eventbrite um, booking page there. Also on that website, uh, wrexham.gov.uk forward slash business hyphen events. Thank you to Gareth of Business Line for keeping these up to date there is an event next week on the 9th of october called doing business in the usa the welsh government is hosting a seminar to provide businesses with a range of information about doing business in the u.s including where to start choosing a market entry strategy the do's and don'ts of doing business in the uk and seven steps to success spaces are limited so i do hope there are still some spaces available if you're interested in international growth the event is at ramada plaza in wrexham and it's on the 9th of october 8 a.m to 2 p.m and also another shout out for 360 networking which is taking place next tuesday evening at the atrium suite of redworth tower on the industrial estate as usual it's five o'clock start and 6.45 expected finish with um, informal networking a chance to um chat with other local business professionals and also a speaker and I did want to put a call out just to remind you that um, if you're not sure whether you need to register for self-assessment then do get yourself online because the deadline for registering for self-assessment is tomorrow the 5th of October and you you will be expected to complete your return by the 31st of January but you need to have registered by tomorrow if you're not sure if you need to do self-assessment go to gov.uk forward slash self-assessment David how's your cough doing over there in the corner yes sorry for that (laughs) so you you've got an event to tell us about as well Um, yes so I I have a um, small business center actually on the Wrexham Technology Park which I opened last year and uh, so we we try to to run events there I run some of my board meetings there and I have some small businesses actually renting space off me there um, we, we have what we call a taster board session happening on Wednesday the 17th uh, of this month and is it exactly as the title suggests get yes a taste of yeah effectively so so yes board. come along um, a bit of an informal discussion about what peer advisory is all about uh, and then we literally run run a, a mini a mini meeting 
basically to show people how it works and the potential benefits for them. Uh, how do people book on to that, David? So it's on Eventbrite, um, is where we've principally got it advertised. Uh, it's just about to go on the uh, the Chamber's website as well, actually, in their events section. Um, and out with that, then just contact me directly. So now you run a venue, do you find that um, you have time to go to other venues for events? Do you get involved in other stuff or are you always just focused on your own venue? No, in fact, I hardly spend any time there. Um, I'm, I'm quite active. I mean, doing what I do and, and, and um, I mean, we didn't talk about my background, but I've sort of returned to North Wales myself three years ago, uh, not having any business contacts here. So getting out and about and engaging with, with other membership organisations, other groups has been really important for me. Um, and, uh, and I like to think, you know, had a, had a bit of a contribution there as well. So I'm quite active with the Chamber, um, always try and get to Wrexham business business professionals, um, on the committee of, of uh, the Institute of Directors in North Wales, and try to get along to North Wales Business Club meetings as well. So that for me is important. I like to be plugged in. I, I like to feel that I can make a broader contribution, but clearly it's also another way of building my own network. And you've done some joint events with Kath Harrison and JVP Group. And, yes. And Kath's been a former guest on the show That's as right, well. yes. So um, Kath Harrison and I met. She was actually one of the first people I met when I was getting out and about building my own business about three years ago. Also met uh, Justine Watkinson of Hilly McEwen around about the same time. And we realised we had a lot of common interests um, and, and areas of expertise. And, um, yeah, we've probably done four or five sets of seminars now over the intervening two to three years uh, on recruitment subjects. We, we did one literally this week, which was on leadership. Um, so I, we, we enjoy doing those and it sort of kind of works works quite well. And it's they're free sessions. We invite um, current clients or prospect clients of, of each of us to come along uh, and hopefully it gives them something to, to take away and, and um, some nuggets to, to apply in their own, own organisations. So the venue that you've got, it's around um, the back of the Ramada Plaza, mm. that, that sort of area there. Is it available for anybody at any time if they want to rent? So say somebody wanted to do uh, a yoga class, is it a yoga suitable venue or is it more Could suited be. to yeah, sitting the, down the, the, with a paper and pen <laughs> both I, I mean my, my vision so just to describe it I, I describe it as a mini Regis really so it's a uh, one of the units on Edison um, uh, uh, court um, upstairs we have it kitted out to, to a nice standard that can accommodate 16 people we have three small businesses in there at the moment um, and I obviously Is use that it as well desking or do people have allocated desks? kind of kind of a service agreement if you like so it's not a lease it's it's not really hot desking you know they've, they've made a commitment to be there for a little while but it's completely flexible and, and, and my, my aim there was I mean some of them are ex kind of coaching clients of mine or current coaching clients because I realized that for early stage businesses you know when they're you know looking to make that that step from perhaps working from home and make that first employee or that second employee I actually don't think there's that many options really um, around North Wales um, there are some um, for people to step into you know when they're perhaps not yet at the point of taking on a, a big lease uh, long into the future so that, the vision was to, to help businesses yeah. like that and as well as having the office space it, it must be quite good for them to have other small businesses totally. there then yeah. peer-to-peer support peer-to-peer -peer support and then downstairs we have a it's just shy of 800 um, square foot of, of flexible space again to a high quality um, I use it for Carpeted, board meetings isn't it? got nice carpet it's very nice office. indeed yes so we, we tried to, to you know make it a, a, a creative space a comfortable space so it's self-contained has its own sort of coffee bar in there 
Um, but it's an entirely flexible. So we, we, I hold board meetings there. We've had seminars. We've had networking groups. Um, we've had health and well-being uh, classes. Um, and I'd like to see more of that, actually. We, we've not yet launched the website advertising it. So the events we've had have been you know, word of mouth, largely. Um, the aim isn't to have it fill every day of the week um, because it's a facility that I want the businesses that are in the, uh, in the offices to be able to use as well. Um, but uh, it's there. It's there for rent. It's self-contained. And, uh, yeah, if anyone's interested, then please get in touch. Okay. Well, we'll put a link to um, to all the relevant websites on our website with the podcast of this show. And the website is thebusiness.community. The subject of the book review this week is The Partnership Charter, written by David Gage. This was a choice of yours, David, wasn't it? Yes, indeed. Um, I'm currently currently reading this, and uh, I yeah, just thought it would be a really good good subject uh, to talk about. You, you've got the book in your hand, and I have to say, it's not the the book that would jump out at you from a shelf. <laughs> it's not got one of those really engaging covers where you go, "Oh, that looks really exciting." It looks a bit dull, and then the partnership charter sounds a bit dull. But actually, having read about the contents and some of the re- online reviews, uh, really, really excellent. Is that your experience of it? Yes. I mean, I, I think it's the reason why I picked this book up um, indeed wasn't because it's got an exciting shout out loud cover. Um, as I've been getting out and about over the last two or three years, meeting lots and lots of business owners, large and small businesses, uh, many of whom are have partners and partnerships. Um, one, one of the things that struck me sort of disappointingly really is is how often I come across um, dysfunctional partnerships you know partnerships that 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 clearly aren't as fruitful as they could be um, and that clearly has an impact on the individuals themselves and inevitably on on you know the success of the organization so it's something that I care about trying to help people fix and uh, came across this book um, by uh, David Gage that I think provides some really good thoughts on how to make business partnerships as fruitful as possible. So presumably rather than try and fix a, a partnership that's gone wrong, it would be better off to get this book in advance of forming your partnership and, and starting it off on the right footing. Now, a lot of people will have heard of a partnership agreement. Where does that differ from a partnership charter, which this book is espousing? Yeah, I mean, I think I think when when two or three plus individuals decide to to go into business together, um, there'll be various things that that do happen. Usually, in quite a legal sense, so you would often have an articles of association for the business. You'd often have uh, a shareholder agreement, and 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 those are important things at the beginning. Um, I think the, the, the sense of the partnership charter um, is, is the term David is using to describe well, what goes beyond that um, and at what point in the life of the business, in the life of working together, do business partners actually sit down uh, and talk about and agree about a whole host of other things other than the sort of principal legal structure, um, if you like, of the organisation. So I read in um, a, a quick review of the book that uh, he wrote um, the book and actually dedicated his professional life to helping co-owners resolve their conflicts, having seen his wife's company fall apart 
um, over disputes with the partners. So mm. um, he's got personal experience mm. of, of mm. the problems that can ensue from uh, not getting this right, shall we say? No, absolutely. And I, and I think that it's um, it's just healthy stuff. You know, the, the, the words the partnership charter aren't necessarily to be taken literally as a, as a written document, although in many cases that would be, be apt to do. Um, it's more about having a real good alignment, I think, between business co-owners, um, not just at the inception of the business, as I say, um, but also long into the future. And, and are the, the partner's um, goals and personal aspirations aligned, not just at the beginning, but as they travel on the journey of running a business together? And I think inevitably these things can diverge. Um, and I think it's just important, actually, in essence, that business owners, business partners are open with each other and maintain a level of openness um, right the way through through the life of life of the business and, and not just, you know, memorialised in a shareholder agreement right at the beginning. So the blurb on the book says that it's full of anecdotes and engaging stories and case studies. Is that your experience? Yeah, absolutely. So so it's not an academic book. Um, uh, David Gage has, has written it, as, as you said earlier, from a position of experience of helping lots of, of, of businesses, usually at the point where things are going a bit awry. Yeah. Um, and, and clearly his main lesson in this is try to get it right at the beginning. But he brings that to life through um, lots of lots of anecdotal evidence and, 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 and stories, if you like. Yeah. So well, one of the other things that I picked up from it was uh, a couple of interesting points is that only 6% of what they call hyper-growth companies are founded by solopreneurs. 94% of them are founded by partnerships. That's a really mm. important... It doesn't mean to say that they carry on <laughs> the beyond. I mean, and we, we know of a lot of the, the bigger companies that um, were talked about in the news there. They started off as partnerships and then they've gone their separate ways. And often what happens when a partnership breaks up is that... Um, that the partners end up competing and with mm. similar sorts of businesses mm. so that they end up working in the same industry. Mm. And one of the things I really liked from what I read was uh, the suggestion that you, you really look into your reasoning behind having a partner. Mm. Is it just because you're lonely or think you can't do it on your own? Or, and uh, actually, are you f suited to having a partner? Mm. If you're not very good at uh, working with other people, it might not be the right choice for you. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I, but you're right that, that that research clearly shows the majority of uh, high performing businesses are, are, are not run by just one person. OK, and that's the And of course, there are tremendous benefits to be had by having a partner or multiple partners, you know, the pooling of experience and skill, um, the bandwidth, the capability to, you know, deal with much more than than, than an individual business owner can. So there, there's lots of really good reasons for entering into a, 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 a joint ownership or a partnership. Uh, and really, I, th I think the lesson of the book is just go into that with eyes open and, and get the ground rules sorted at the beginning. And I, I guess that brings us full circle because an alternative to having a partner is to have the support of your peers. <laughs> absolutely, yes, or indeed both. Have the best yes. of both worlds. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I support a lot of a lot of business owners who are in partnerships, um, and and that's okay. You know, that's good. I think. Um, you know, the, the, the peer advisory and, and the membership of something like a tab board is about sustained support as opposed to one hit 
support that you may buy in a consultant, nothing that I'm not got anything against consultants, I'm one myself as well. Um, but I think the sustained support of, of those deep relationships and people um, really understanding your business and, and uh, providing high quality input is really what it's about. Okay, so that's the Partnership Charter by David Gage and we'll put a link for that on our website, thebusiness.community. Into the last part of the show is where we look at a business guru or a business leader and this week I've turned to David Roberts from the Alternative Board to suggest his inspirational business leader. Do reveal all. Well, I, I mean, I, when you asked me this question before I came on the show, of course, I you know instinctively thought of um, you know inspirational leaders that, that that have been so for me over the years, and of course, someone like Richard Branson comes to mind. But I suspect you've chatted about Richard Branson well, many many times. So I started thinking about well, what about more locally? And I, and I have to say, I think the most inspirational business around here at the moment is Moneypenny and uh, my belief having having seen Rachel Clacker and, and her brother Ed um, in action quite a few times over the last couple of years I, I think they're worthy of uh, being regarded as inspirational particularly in the in the local context. Yes, so they've been going for over 18 years now haven't they and mm. they've grown I mean their, their offices used to be where your offices are now <laughs> in fact they used to take over the whole of that until yeah. they built this amazing building yeah. just on the outskirts of town and indeed when I first started my business I used Moneypenny to answer right. my telephones for me so uh, it's got a little bit of a soft spot. Yeah I mean I think it's a truly inspirational story and, and I'm sure many of your listeners will have heard Rachel or Ed talk about it but um, you know, they, they set up the business, yeah, 17, 18 years ago, just themselves. I think at that point they were renting some space off uh, Rachel's uh, uh, husband, who's an optician, I believe, in, in Wrexham. Um, and you wind the clock forward 17, 18 years and, you know, many hundreds of employees now, fantastic reputation, growing fast, uh, starting to internationalise, have a presence in the US now. And I think, you know, by, by most accounts, doing really, really good stuff for their clients. And the work that they do um, for the community as well is, is worth noting. I know they're involved with Careers Wales and, and local schools. And there's also um, We Mind the Gap, which provides um, paid traineeships for underserved young women in the local community. I've just mm. read that from Rachel's LinkedIn profile. Uh, I've not had any involvement in any of these projects, but we, we've mentioned these and other events mm. on the show. And, and Rachel and Ed are like those, those two people that we've been aware of and everybody mentions, but mm. actually I would really like to meet both of them at some point. So perhaps a little invitation onto the show would be in order. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, for me, the most impressive thing is that uh, I'm a HR guy by background, okay, 20 odd years as an HR director. Um, and so I, I understand and care passionately about the majority of business success and performance will come through harnessing the talent of your people, of course. And, and many businesses just, just don't get that right. And I think you know, with that lens on, one of the, the most impressive things I see at Moneypenny is that uh, they've clearly created a fantastically positive uh, culture. Uh, my understanding is that you know, staff retention is really high and what perhaps it traditionally might be roles that don't necessarily have high retention rates. Yeah, when you think of call centre, it's got a very different feel to it. 
to, to yeah. what I'm led to believe happened. Yes, yeah, so I think, yeah, Rachel wouldn't be too pleased to, to be called a call centre. Um, but, but that said, clearly, it's lots of people spending the majority of their time um, on phones working with a range of clients. And so you could understand that, that ordinarily you perhaps would go into that business feeling that you know, you're going to suffer a degree of, of staff turnover. So I think the, the most impressive thing that I observe um, is they don't have a problem recruiting. People are literally banging on the door to, to go and work there. And um, that can only have come through actually being quite inspired at the beginning um, in terms of Ed and Rachel thinking about what sort of business environment do we want to create that's a great place to work. And I, I have no doubt that's the source of their success. Uh, and for me, that's the reason why I, I think they're quite inspirational. And so any business locally with one employee, 10 employees, 100 employees, I think could uh, do worse than take a leaf out of that book. And it's interesting that they are brother and sister in business together. That wouldn't work for everybody. But then husband and wife working mm. together, best friends working together, it, it's not always going to work, but no. sometimes it works beautifully. Yeah, clearly is. And uh, maybe they read the partnership charter um, many <laughs> moons ago. I don't know. But you're absolutely right. Not necessarily uh, do siblings make uh, make good business partners, but clearly Ed and, and Rachel do. Um, and I suspect they have their ups and downs like any partnership. But I, I also suspect they've got a very high degree of alignment in terms of where they're taking that business and how they want to get there. So uh, Ed and Rachel join our Hall of Fame of our business leaders, inspirational business gurus, and you can find a full list of them on our website, which is the business.community. So thank you very much to David Roberts of the Alternative Board for joining me today. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to The Business Community with me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. Join us next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business.